0: welcome to revives me podcast this month is um is a new year is 2023 when you guys will be listening to this we recorded this earlier but it's a sudden year in the sense that we are talking about um starting a new chapter um and what does it mean to us when it comes to the idea of starting a new chapter um we're going to be diving into this topic, stepping about stepping forward, and what a new chapter may mean. Maybe it's a step towards a better direction, but a lot of times it's it, it takes. There's a process to it. Today we have a new guest. His name is Keith. Um, I hope I don't brutalize your last name. Is it Coney? Coney. Or it- Coney. Coney, Coney. Like okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your Thanks insight. Thanks for having me. No problem. Disclaimer for those in the US and the States, um, 988 is our suicide crisis lifeline, but I do encourage those around the world to find what resources are near you. Resources are different for each individual, so I do encourage you. I don't like reinventing the wheel, so if something worked that's positive, do it. You know, a lot of times uh, when it comes to recovery, it's holistic, it's it's individualized and it's client-led. I always say this, um, people say better than me. I know this a lot. So um, here's a quote I want to share and kind of start the conversation. New begins are often disguised as painful endings. What comes to mind when you hear this quote, Keith?
1: So painful ending sounds quite daunting for everyone, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And 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 it doesn't have to be because it's it's not about what you went through. It's about what you learned. Mm-hmm. And and really going through difficult situations um, is really about changing your view of that event that happened so that you focus on the learning rather than the event itself. That's that's really a point that you reach after the experience. Yeah,
0: I totally agree. A, a lot of it's remembering. You look at our calendars. There's so many things telling us to remember, but a lot of times we're bad at it. And the issue with that is, Well, the good thing is you remember it, and like you said, you reframe it of what you just went through. It could be a lesson that will help you reduce the chance of repeating it, you know, and, you know, provide a better avenue. So um, I just want to, uh, you know, continue on with this one quote from Albert Einstein. I love what he says here. He says, no problem can be solved with the same level of consciousness that created it. What comes to mind, Keith, um, when you hear this quote?
1: you know that goes back to what i said uh previously really your consciousness develops as Mm -hmm. you go through these experiences so if you think about a difficult experience it's a learning experience Mm -hmm. and so really if if you can see the bigger picture and see that you're elevating your consciousness while you're going through this experience it's actually a huge growth opportunity you know, they say the universe teaches through suffering
0: mm-hmm.
1: and think, nothing. Sorry.
0: No, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't.
1: Nothing is more true than that is that there is positive side to every difficult experience.
0: You know, I, I, think I, I totally agree in the sense that it's a process. A lot of times we don't give us the, like if the problems in five years in our lives, A lot of times we want to be solved in the month. Sometimes that process and that learning just makes it's not just solving the problem. It's also becoming something better, being something more, you know, in your own life, growing in that aspect of recovery and the, and the idea that, um, if you just look at, at least from my experience and working with clients and is that, you know, one shoe doesn't fit all, but also, sometimes we just look so micro oh this problem is my problem but obviously you know when we take the time and you kind of you know go through the process of healing but also give you the the, that grace of insight it can develop to something like you said that's uh, at least from my experience much better than what we first anticipated so keith i want to you know a lot of times with my new guests i want to give them the opportunity to kind of share a little bit of themselves, um, what brought you to where you are right now. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to kind of share with those listening who've never met you, maybe never heard about your story to give, to to shed light on that, whatever you feel comfortable with.
1: Thanks, Robert. So my story starts on Father's Day in 1997. I had wrapped a coffee mug for my father for his gift and i was angry with him the day before but i don't remember why if i think back now ironically my feelings towards him had always been up and down with the way he had treated me but i still loved him yeah as i rounded the corner to pick up the phone everything started to slow down in my mind as i think back on it now i could still feel that look of anticipation on my face until the phone was touching my ear. The speaker didn't announce themselves, but after she said the only thing she could, I knew it was my stepmother. And I knew it was very bad news. Dad is dead. There was a split second, and then a tidal wave of questions crashed into my mind. It started a seesaw of emotions that went on for years that terrible feeling of suicide is the sharpest pain I've ever felt, much more than when my friend accidentally pushed a garden fork through my foot at age six. It was many years before I started smiling again, despite the efforts of a psychologist. I couldn't answer the question, why did he end his life on the day we all celebrated? But what I realized is that you never answer a question like that. You need to change your perspective Mm. to show the positive. Mm. I learned to become extremely focused on only the positive aspects of my life. Mm. What did I learn, not what happened? Mm. I know that events strengthened my resilience and immediately I was removed from the middle of the war between my parents following their divorce. Most of all, I learned that looking after my mental health with the help of professionals is absolutely essential. That was far from the end of the test of my faith and resilience. though. Mm. These days I celebrate Father's Day with my kids. Mm. I haven't explained what happened to their grandfather. The second test came in 2010 when Mm. I moved to Australia with my family. Mm. I can't remember exactly how it started, but I remember seeing a GP around that time and changing medication, Mm -hmm. losing my mental capacity in the space of a week when I was a successful well-paid engineer meant that it wasn't long before I couldn't fill out the masses of paperwork to claim government benefits. Mm. And when I got the payment, it was so small, yeah. I shouldn't have bothered. But that's the thing. I couldn't work out what was the best option with my current mindset. Mm. As, as it happened, the last option was my best option. By that stage, I realized I was not going to be able to keep my house. I was broke and I hadn't been able to work for a year. Hmm. I had exhausted every option. If it wasn't for the unexpected generosity of an anonymous person, my life would have been taken down a very difficult path. Around this time, we had our second baby. I don't know how I drove to the hospital. The baby almost dropped right next to me in the front seat. In the end, we made it just in time for me to catch Charlie in my bare hands. Looking back, it was an incredible moment. But at the time, I described it as a train wreck. It wasn't long after that I walked into the hospital and was involuntarily sectioned with bipolar. Mm. I was 35 years old, and that was the first time I realized I just had my fourth mental illness. Today, I know diagnosis is not necessary. I lost eight years from my career. I stood up and told my story for the first time with no preparation at a mental Mm. health training course. I got an avalanche of support. In 2018, I spoke to 300 personnel in the Air Force. The commanding officer said afterwards, we talk about moral courage. Mm. Here is someone who has shown so much moral courage. And then he shook my hand twice. Mm. I felt so driven to make a huge impact in mental health in the world. Hmm. That was when I started supporting very sick people. As of today, I've supported hundreds of people out of every diagnosis in short periods of time. I gave my first international speech to the seventh annual mental health Congress in September, 2021 my 16th international speech was the third world mental health congress in june 22. during that period i did not see any other lived experience speeches at that level Mm. my experiences gave me courage resilience freedom and excellence
0: you know um just hearing your story is just amazing. You know, the you know, a lot of times this it kind of goes into the quote I was gonna go into. A lot of times we just talk about letting go, but one thing you showed, she started over. Several start, times. Several yeah. times. It's one yeah. thing to let things go, but it's getting up and starting something you're not familiar with. It's scary. People will say, well, how do you know this? what is it and and I think what what remember i'm I'm hearing remembering what you just told within your story is that you know this is we talk about courage, but it's 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 different when you're experiencing it isn't it you know, like it's different when you're feeling you're going through the symptoms and someone detached from it like experience and i'm not minimizing because the family's impacted too by the individual who's suffering yeah. but at the same time it's there's so many times in this story you could say you know what i'm tired you know I'm just you know I, I have you know i've been through a lot and no one would fault you from for just focusing on you but incredible thing is you focus on others you focus on other people that you may not even know because you know that it it matters a lot of times these these yeah. these these like mental illness i have all these kind of um issues are complicated but you know the reasons why we do it are simple It's you know we think about the people who are not here right now so
1: there's yeah. a couple of things you touch on so i studied to be a life coach Mm -hmm. And the one thing I learned about courage is that courage is all about practice. Mm. Courage is in in most people is not a a natural occurrence. It's about desensitizing yourself to difficult situations Mm. and putting yourself in uncomfortable positions, but not in a way that overwhelms you. Mm-hmm. In a way, that takes a little step and then another little step. So it might be a presentation to one person and then a presentation to 10 people and then a mm-hmm. 100. Because the key in, in all of this is about being gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm working with a guy at the moment and we spoke about how he's giving up smoking. Mm-hmm. And then we spoke... spoke about what caused his mental illness Mm -hmm. and he said it was alcohol Mm -hmm. and i said so you're trying to give up alcohol and smoking i said that's very challenging do you not Mm. want to step down your smoking well which one's more important first of all it's the Mm. alcohol so he said let's step down the alcohol and then step down the smoking later Mm-hmm. So the key is really to be gentle with yourself and be aware of what you're taking on, you know. Yeah, if you're told- trying to be a world speaker at the same time as giving up smoking, it's probably not a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's like uh, you know, it's reachable goals because you don't like at that moment you're making these big decisions. It could be discouraging if you overwhelm yourself and it all falls. Exactly. Yeah you know in the I, I do like how you present that you know alcohol smoking it's hard people struggle with just quitting smoking and you're gonna stop alcohol and alcohol is interesting because it's also cultural you know a lot of times you do a lot of things if you're a heavy drinker even if you're not you're just with your buddies and drink it's hard to break that cycle if and, and also
1: <laughs> the stress of life so some people find habit forming and habit breaking very easy and some people don't. Yeah. And for those that don't, they need to step out of it in a slower way. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I do. Most of what I do at the moment is habit forming and habit breaking. Mm-hmm. So it's about forming habits of meditation, of mindfulness mm-hmm. to cope with and uh, dissolve the anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. and then and then stepping out of the habits in their life that are not serving them yeah
0: i like you know you mentioned before it's i think it's in a, I heard a verbiage call it healthy tension like like it's like you kind of find some uh, healthy chris like you're you're digging for like a little bit of yeah the idea,
1: exactly the idea is, right. yeah
0: it's like something um,
1: that challenges but doesn't break you
0: <laughs> exactly um it's, it's a really good team building thing, especially if you're working in the company and you have a small group. It's good to have that kind of – because accountability is only a bad word when you don't feel like you're around people you can trust or even yourself. Accountability is not a bad word. It's something you drive towards in a way yeah. To, yeah,
1: But, you know, the, the, the other thing that runs in parallel to, to the, that discussion mm-hmm. is is learning never to give up. This is a huge, huge issue. And once you go through uh, a mental illness, you know, like my experiences, I don't give up with anything. But I'm sure there's something that I could experience in my future Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. will really want to make me give up and really challenge me. And that Mm -hmm. is, again, that tension. Mm -hmm. It's teaching me more tension in my life as long as I can take on a, a manageable amount of it then I'll, I'll i'll recover in a reasonable amount of period but if i take on too much it'll take mm-hmm. me longer and it'll be harder but really not giving up is another learning lesson because mm-hmm. a lot of people just can't face what they're dealing with and end up trying to you know end up saying oh, i can't do it i give up Mm-hmm. And it comes down to who've you got around you, mm-hmm. you know, who've you got supporting you, and those mm-hmm. sorts of things to to lift you up again. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of factors involved in recovering. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. not one thing. Yeah. But the the more the more the more you, the more e- uh, events that you can recover uh, recover from, the stronger you become. Your resilience goes up. Yeah. And, and and that makes the rest of your life so much easier.
0: Yeah. And I, I do like how you mentioned the people around you. One thing I, I've learned is, you know, friends change. It's not that you, I don't feel ill about my friends of my college years or whatnot, but you have priorities are different. So maybe you have different focuses. Sometimes we put unrealistic kind of attachments or loyalties to, and you're, dragging this friendship on not to say that you have any ill intent to them but sometimes you have to prioritize your life in a way that makes sense to what you're trying to strive for so i think that's the kind of gentleness those little steps it's not going to happen overnight especially if you're you're used to going to um being around the uh, group of people that may not have the same i guess urgency to kind of better themselves but it doesn't mean that they're inherently bad. It's just you're going to have to make these micro decisions to decide what yeah. is important and how you're going to address that. And a lot of times it comes with a conversation, you know, it doesn't mean. This isn't
1: just what I was going to say is yeah. language. Yeah. <laughs> language is so important because your your ability to be gentle with yourself depends primarily on your thoughts and your language. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can, and part of uh, what I do with a lot of people is change their language. I encourage them to actively choose a language that is gentle and positive. Like, for example, I'll give you an example. Um, I, get, I get a person to choose their stars or tell me their star sign. And if it's a water sign like uh, Aquarius, mm-hmm. I'll say, Google water water words Mm -hmm. and and put your vocabulary together that you are going to use. I'm not talking about changing every single word. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about changing one word in each sentence. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying I have a chaotic life, you can say I am flowing down a rapid. Mm -hmm. My life is a rapid. Mm -hmm. So that's a water word. And once you incorporate those flowing words, I mean, our body is 70% water. Mm-hmm. You know, so we speak to water. Mm-hmm. So really it makes a lot of sense when when anybody uses water words. You know.
0: Yeah, I feel, you know, communication, how we how we internalize words and how we define things in our lives, it's very important. And, and the methods we do it can really bring out either something that is inviting or kind of not really inviting in the sense that how we how we speak to each other and how we speak to ourselves our mind and how we verbalize events in our lives the gentleness comes with the vocabulary and the verbiage we use for ourselves and how we how we digest that you will talk about habits i want to ask you this question what habits have you seen that have been Helpful for those starting a new chapter, and what have not been helpful from your experience
1: yeah i I put a course together which which okay. actually runs a person through the habits they need to achieve in order to dissolve anxiety and depression. It starts with week one is mindfulness mm-hmm. And mindfulness is really your ability to be present in the moment where you are right now Mm -hmm. without formally closing your eyes like meditation. Mm -hmm. So, for example, one gentleman that I'm working with, he works in gardens. He does landscaping. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, right, the mindfulness book talks about running around the edges of things like door frames and that. But Mm -hmm. I said for you... I want you to stop when you get to a garden and run around the cut grass edge. Mm -hmm. Just with your eyes, just run around the edge. And that will just draw you into the present moment. Mm -hmm. And and what that will do is it will stop your mental chaos, your mental busyness. Mm -hmm. Just, Just for a couple of minutes in the day and then in the evening again. Mm-hmm. and that that makes all the difference, just yeah. those couple of minutes in the morning and evening, so that's mindfulness and then meditation I've got a, mm-hmm. a meditation that I use that uh, uses low frequency as well as my uh, meditation practice mm-hmm. and then and then the big one is really visualizations is mm. visualizing positive emotions from your history and using the power from those emotions
0: mhm
1: but, but I've got quite a long list of self-care um, habits, which includes all kinds of things. So I'll post it on LinkedIn uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah.
0: Okay. And, like, um like, anything that you want to... Share with those listening. I'll put it in the notes of this episode, so when they so when they see it, we can, they can come and check your what you're good what, what you're doing and everything like that. Yeah, okay. if
1: you wanna if you wanna follow me, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm really uh, proactive in supporting my network. Mm. So if you're connected to me, you'll probably get me calling you saying, "What can I do for you?" Mm. Um, and and that's just spreading you know spreading that uh kind of spirit that we need ready in mm. in today uh mm. coming out of covid people need to feel um, that you know we're all together in this in this global team yeah so so i think you know having felt that we are a little bit separated we need to come back together as a yeah as a global team so i think i think that's the main thing is to undo what covid did is to is to become connected again. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah you know, and uh, you, you mentioned mindfulness and just, you know, one thing I've noticed, and I don't know about you, but I do my best work when I slow down, when I'm able to slow my thoughts down to just work and be present in what I'm doing. Um, I used to, like, I drink tea a lot. So a lot of times, uh, especially if I'm, my mind's cluttered, I would just do each step. Sometimes I have a lot of like little steps to my tea process. And, you know, I used to be one who would have a terrible habit of racing thoughts, trying to do a million things at once. I do my best work when I'm slowed down. And it's amazing. If I actually time myself of how long it takes, it's not that long. It really isn't. So So.
1: so anxiety and fear is all about blocking logical thinking and seeing opportunities yeah because because as soon as you get and i talk about the situation because i speak to a lot of people who have no food or have run out of food three days ago Mm. you know and and what you find is they're completely Mm panic-stricken and you think that's normal but it's not normal because you can sit there with no food for the last three days and not be panic-stricken Mm-hmm. And what's the difference? The difference is that you can solve your situation without the fear. And in fact, you won't solve it with the fear. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the trick is to master while thing, while times are good mm-hmm. to master your fear and learn coping mechanisms to master your fear and anxiety so that when it gets to the tough times, it doesn't become overwhelming. And, and that comes down to prevention prevention mm-hmm. of mental illness. And this is something we don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. It's preventing, actively preventing mental illness.
0: Can you yeah. go a little bit, uh, just share with us a little bit more on that? Cause I don't hear enough either. So could you share it? Yeah. My,
1: my view is it's all down to mindfulness and meditation. There's a few other, there's a few other quite uh, clever technologies coming out mm-hmm. that desensitize you to fear. Mm-hmm. And and those are um, those are having some are finding some traction, but mm-hmm. um, I think I think the talk and the discussion around the eradication of mental illnesses in the world is quite an interesting one. Mm-hmm. What would it take to eradicate mental illnesses? You know, we talk about a crisis, and I'm like, let's stop talking about a crisis. Let's talk about eradication. How are we going to get rid of all the mental illnesses? in the world are much more interested in the positive outcome. Mm-hmm. And, and to be honest, when you break it down, it's all about prevention
0: mm.
1: because there's a billion people that are sick and there's six billion people that are not sick. Mm. It's the six billion you want to look at because we need to prevent mental illnesses in them. So it's an interesting discussion. And I presented a few of my speeches to the World Mental Health Congress on mm. how to eradicate mental illnesses and, and what what there's a few options I came up with, which is a longer conversation. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I, I did like also what you mentioned about reconnecting, you know. The the idea is I could be right next to a bunch of people, my friends, family, and what I found out, especially even before COVID, but even after, is that we don't connect. We're just there. We're just proximity wise or right next to each other. You could be in the yeah. house and you just don't feel connected. You could be, uh, I usually, usually use the verb of the, the, the term home versus a house. For, for me, a home describes something more, sometimes less tangible, but it means more than just a house. And a house is just a structure, you a shelter. But something about home kind of promotes connecting. Uh, whether it's whether in your mind or you know you, a lot of times home are you're surrounded by people you do care about uh, usually it's not described as a house houses you know less impersonal. descriptive. yeah impersonal so hmm. i don't know I, I just like that concept because you know when it comes to you know unfortunately um even before covid i have you see family gatherings reunions Everyone's on yeah. their cell phone. I, I I'll I'll admit it. Like I'm on my cell phone because we're all so busy doing absolutely. We're not being present with each other. So I do agree with that. So
1: I think you know you do see uh, out uh, out and about when you're in your daily routine. You do see signs that say, "Please be kind to the staff. Please be kind to." <laughs> yeah. And that's for me. That's fantastic because that's yeah. what, exactly what we need. We need more of that because. There's everybody's a little bit separated, like you say. And if mm-hmm. and if we can draw that out, well, the only way to do that is kindness. And, just, and for some of us, we have to learn to be kind. You know, I've had to learn to like mm-hmm. step down a level and be calm, like you, you said earlier, and be quiet mm-hmm. and peaceful. Mm-hmm. That's where kindness lives, you know.
0: Yeah, because as as you probably know, everyone has so much different context, but I kind of go back to the. The model that um, the problem might be messy and usually is—it's complicated. But the reasons why we're doing it, why we want to be better, is usually pretty simple. So I kind of try to focus on that when I think about even my own challenges or the people I work with. I want to ask you, what has been the biggest lesson you've learned, you know, or are learning, when it comes to starting a new chapter in your life, for those
1: for, yourself? For or me. Those? Yeah. for me, it's definitely what I said is kindness is coming out of those experiences. Uh, I would not describe myself as a kind person because I've been through a terribly difficult situation. Mm-hmm. If you speak to someone with a mental illness, they're not kind because mm-hmm. they're struggling. You know, yeah. it's it's unfair to expect them to be kind to yeah. be to be to be kind all the time. So um, but when you come out and you recover, also regaining that kindness is something you have to exercise. It's something you have to practice, and and, and I've definitely had to learn to be kind. And a lot of people have told me, "Be more kind. Stop being so <laughs> tough. You know, stop being <laughs> so tough all the time." And and I think I'm getting there, but I, I'm I'm trying to do better really in that in that uh, area.
0: And. You know, I, I think uh, also with going through um, uh, mental health or struggles, um, at least from my experience, is you learn restraint. Because you like a lot of times, because you you may notice something. At least from my experience, I may notice someone struggling. Instead of just leaning toward my biases, and these are things you learn. You kind of you you have restraint, and you you. you you don't just immediately just respond. And that's something I've at least personally felt I've learned less than I learned because you're right. Hurt people, hurt people, you know, when you're that hurt in mental health, if you're struggling with either yeah. substance use, it's, it's, it, I like what you said. It, it's totally logical, but we don't like to say, it cause it seems messy, but it's, you know, we're going to speak plainly. If you're hurt, likelihood of you want you hurting others, it's just, unfortunately, can be a a reality, but But, that doesn't have to be.
1: But look at the benefits of recovering. (laughs) Mm -hmm. For example, okay, and and my psychologist says I'm a little bit outside the norm going to international conferences and telling my Mm -hmm. story, but that's not going to be a a common thing for everyone because it's Mm -hmm. a very intimidating situation. But Mm -hmm. but I think that... um, Recovery leads to excellence, or mm-hmm. like in my experience, it leads to some sort of excellence. When you mm-hmm. can take it, a very challenging experience mm-hmm. and get through it and recover, like your quote from Albert Einstein says, your consciousness raises.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and you become a person on a different level, and mm-hmm. you become equipped to deal with life in a more in, in a, on a higher level. I mean, for me, it meant I had a spiritual awakening in the end, mm. yeah. which is a very sort of extreme uh, positive experience.
0: Yeah. And, I, you know, to piggyback on the, the quote that I shared with Albert Einstein, the opposite's true. If you're going to use the same kind of mindset that brought you in that situation, usually it's harder to get through it. Now, I'm not saying like, uh, so if I'm... I like the word excellence. I've read it a lot because, it, you know, we, we didn't say perfect because there's nothing really in the sense perfect. No. It's excellence because there's room to strive to better, um, to be better in this this process. And it also provides the avenue of grace that you have for yourself during this process. I want to ask yeah. you, any, any final thoughts? You know, we're going to share, you know, this, you know when people listen to this, it will be, we just, it'll be just turned to 2023. So this is a new year. People are like, ah, what now? They make resolutions that they'll never (laughs) feel like, I never keep these resolutions. What would you like to say as
1: a final thought as we
0: wrap up uh, our talk today?
1: Well, I'm asking a question at the moment that I don't have the answer to. And Mm. And the question is, is there unlocked excellence in people with mental illnesses because they're going through the struggle, even if you just kicked your toe, that's a struggle, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you come out of that a different person. It might only be in a small way, mm-hmm. but every struggle that we go through has an unlocked excellence for us to step into. Mm. And, 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 and I want us to challenge ourselves to reach for that excellence. And to recover in in a way that excels, and and if I can use my uh, story as an example of that and mm. as an inspiration for that, I hope that's what's happening. Is people hear this and go, "Gee, look what this guy's done. Maybe I can do it," mm. you know. And that's that's why I stand up and talk about this. You know, um, not everyone can, but. Mm. Uh,
0: well, it's it, I I that's part of the my whole like passion about doing the podcast is that there's so many stories out there that I know impact people in different ways and I do want to say thank you so much, Keith, for coming on and sharing your insight with us and your thank story. You. Um, I always appreciate every every guest that I have. It's not easy to come out and to share, uh, but at the same time. It's also inspiring because, like we said, it, a lot of these things are learned. For us to be kind sometimes, it's learned. Because a lot of times we get stuck in ourselves. We may be uh, gone through so much, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that you can't make that choice to go elsewhere. So I just want exactly. to say thank you. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. Thank no you problem. for the chat. And I just want to say you can stay updated with Revive Ministries, with com. This is our last uh, good. Uh, our last quote is from one of my favorite authors from The Great Gatsby, F. Scott Fitzgerald. It's not merely enough to have the ability to be persistent. You must also have the ability to start over.